Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, this morning we thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the inventory of heaven that's administered and stewarded through your goodness, O oh God, your plan, your purpose with the church, Lord, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that you build, O oh God. We pray, Father, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, that it would be a good seed planted in the good heart that will bring forth good fruit and a harvest that glorifies your name. We pray, Father God, that we would have greater vision and understanding of your purpose, that we might see your hand in our lives and see your hand in our future, and we can celebrate and count your victories, Lord, even while the enemies stand at the gate to defile and to challenge us. We, we have testimonies of your grace. We have celebration and triumph mode in your victories, O oh God. So we pray that you speak to us through your word and that it would transform us and that we might be able to obtain the victories of the Lord. Lord, waken us up out of apathy and indifference, Lord. Wake us up out of our complacency as we settle, O oh God, and negotiate. We pray, Father God, that we would live the fullest and brightest expression of your light, that you fill our lamps with oil, O oh God, that you correct and exhort and rebuke, Lord, that we might come to the place where you find pleasure in our lives and that this be all done as living sacrifices, offering up to you so that we might participate of that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Prosper your word in the hearts and in the lives of your people. Make this church what it's created to be, O oh God, a reference, a remnant in the day of darkness, O oh God. We rejoice and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. The, the, the model of the Lord as Reza Safa was speaking last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 where Paul comes and he proclaims the gospel. That's what we all must be proclaiming, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand. What is the gospel? What is this a message that has been delivered to us in verse 2 it says we are saved through this gospel holding fast grabbing on to that word which was preached to them unless you believed in vain unless it's not working in your life verse 3 it says that this gospel that was delivered I delivered to you first of all that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So there is a payment of what Brian was talking about in the death of Christ. He died for our sins that we might be delivered from that whole uh, spiritual virus that keeps us away from the purpose of God according to the word of God. Verse 4, the gospel is that Christ delivers us from our sins in his death and that he is buried and because he's buried, he was able to raise again on the third day according to scripture. And it seems like this message of the gospel is uh, proclaimed, uh, is the substance of what we have come to experience. And, and there is an expression in each one of these things. The 
um, destruction uh, of our lives in death, putting away ourselves. Uh, I was telling the men on Monday night that 99% of my greatest restrictions and limitations on fulfilling the will of God in my life, it has nothing to do with the devil and it's definitely not God, it's me. I'm the hindrance to seeing God's glory in my life. Um, the worst part of me that tries to uh, destroy God's efforts in my life is when I'm not doing what is bad, but when I'm doing what is good. How many could recognize that? That your good ideas usurp God ideas. That your righteousness, you know, or what I do right is the hindrance of seeing God do right. And so that, that is the dilemma of man. Uh, families could never see the glory of God in their lives because dad is usurping God's place. They want to prove to their family that they're doing the right thing, that they're awesome, and that they're good. There's a good dad, and there's a good husband. And all this is a hindrance to seeing a good God, to seeing the plans of God in our lives and in our families. So getting us out of the way is part and partial of destroying sin and pride and arrogance. And then the second part of being buried, where he's talking about getting out of the way in verse 4. The scripture is not only that Christ died for sins, but that he was buried. And this is an aspect of our lives that we must learn in Christ according to the scriptures. That is when you're out of the way, God can fight your battles. And all the people say, Amen. When I no longer am fighting, I says, Hey, Lord, take my place. That's what David did. He told Goliath, Listen, you're coming at me, but I want to introduce you to my God. See, now, now that's a different fight. That's, that's a fight worth seeing. And so when I get out of the way and I'm buried, uh, I was told a story some years ago, and it, it goes according to the timeline of what God desires for our life. A, a huge majestic tree right and, and trees are are known and they they their their branches are like wave arms like like look at me and so this is this is an aspect of the human existence look what i'm able to achieve look how great i am look at the works that i do and and all of a sudden god will come into that situation and say i have a plan for your life do you want to see it and so the tree says, yeah, I would love to see your plan. So God starts chopping that tree down. And, and the tree is like, how could this ever be something good? I'm no longer able to express who I am and what I do and my greatness. And people look up to me and look, at, look how they look up to me. And then uh, God says, trust me, he knocks that tree down. It falls on its side. And that season of that tree on its side feels super low. Even smaller trees are greater than that tree that's on his side. And he's starting to question God's, what are you trying to do with my life? How will I ever come into greatness if you do not allow me to have my way and grow and prosper and, and all the, the matter there? Well, after a long time, that tree that is in, uh, the, on the ground there, and, and the Bible says that Christ took the form of a man, and not only as a man, but a servant among men. That's not, that's not the way to go up according to our nature. Um, the transition is that it gets over a, a period of time and years, it gets covered over with sand, and it disappears. 
your friends don't know where you are. You, you don't come out no more. You're not as glorious and illustrious as you used to be. And now you're under the ground. You, you go through a season of death. And, and I challenge you in this regards because um, one famous preacher said like this, if things don't die, they don't resurrect. If you don't see the loss and the absence and the, the obscurity of things that are no more, then you can't see a glorious resurrection. So in God's way of thinking, this transition and decay and, and coming down under the ground now lost. Now the profundity, uh, the depth of the grounds begins to take you and you begin to identify with the lowly things. And, and you know something that some of my friends says, you know, you, you don't need to be around uh, people that are broken. You don't need to be around by uh, broken families, broken marriages, broken dreams. You don't, you don't need in that, to be in that place. You know something, that's where Jesus goes. That's exactly where you find Jesus. And, and then the, the other places where, where the populace go, where the popular people hang out. Um, I've been so far away from these places. I can tell you that, that the last nightclub I know uh, and to have been identified with was like city limits and back streets. And, and that, that was a time where, where the things were going. This is in the 80s, right? This is a crazy time. But now uh, all through 20 years and then 16 more years in the gospel, um, we, we see that we're not identified with this world. We, we have no knowledge. I, I hear the songs that people sing and, and the lyrics and, and the style. And I'm, I'm like, can't identify. It's, it's so foreign. I feel like a Martian. I feel that I've been displaced. And so deep, deep down into the sand, the tree goes and it, 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 it petrifies. Uh, it gets... Uh, it totally hardened. It turns into something called coal and carbon, and, and it's no longer. The only thing it's good for is to set things on fire, and that's what a good Christian is. He could set things on fire, and then there in the midst of that, what seems to be useless stuff, you crack that thing open, and that's where diamonds are earthened. That's where diamonds come from, and then God brings that out polishes sculptures it and puts it under his light and shows it off to the world Amen. and it's of great price and great promise and and people want to run to it uh, we were just in the museum there um, in washington dc and people were going around this case bulletproof case they're like look the black star of india look look this this huge diamond um, that's what our lives are our lives are, are to be lost in this world that they might be found for the glory of God. And that transition is a transition that a lot of people have difficulty with and they run back to the world. I'm reminded here in 1 Corinthians 15 verse um, 6, the Bible says that he appeared to more than 500 people. Jesus, after he rose from the dead, appeared to 500 people of whom the greater part are still living to this day, Paul writes, Paul came afterwards, and he says to those 500 people that Jesus showed up, uh, some have already fallen asleep, some have already died, but there are still some that are with us. Uh, I, I always say this, a lot of people have issue with this, but, but I say that, that in this case, he appeared to the 500, but, but here this morning, he's appeared to the 250. He's appeared. And so what is the reaction to having Jesus appear to your life? Different people have different reactions. 
After appearing to the 500 and telling them that it's necessary that they be filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 1 verse 14, we see there that they were gathered together in prayer. This is, this is part of the 500 Jesus appeared to. They're all in prayer, pleading to God, the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. And verse 15 says that there were all but 120. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of the names was about 120. The question I have is, why did 500 drop down to 120. What happened to 380, right? What happened to 380? What, what, what was more important? What was, what was calling their attention? What was, what was pulling them in a direction opposite to be gathered there to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit? And, and in uh, the times of transition, uh, I believe that people, they don't understand that we're going from glory to glory. We're going from uh, what happened here at the beginning of our church 18 years ago was glorious. We were just starting out. 50 people turned up on the first day. Um, 50 people. Uh, my my, my, my uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law were concerned. This guy's starting a church. Let's go find out what's happening. They didn't come because they were celebrating the beginning of church. It's like, este loco is going to take my daughter God knows where. Right? Let's find out what's going on. And, and, and that first day, Jesus showed up, Amen. and he spoke to us. And my father-in-law turned, and he says, run. God is with you. Go for it. What, what God is calling you to do, do it. And so those words of encouragement are a participation of a glory in a season. Well, 18 years later, there's another glory. There's, there's a transition into another type of responsibility. And, and I want to live life in each one of his seasons uh, to participate with his game plan. Um, some people, like, like that pastor from Ecuador last week we ran into, uh, we were in Ecuador 10 years ago. And for some reason or the other, nothing's been able to be achieved. And now 10 years later, you know, we meet again and God is saying, listen, Ecuador needs the ministry of Spring of Life. Ecuador needs the ministry of grace that I've poured out, and you're, you continue to postpone. You continue to, to leave it for another day. And, and I'm concerned about um, what your expectation is from the Lord. Um, we're closing out 2016. Uh, some of us have made incredible strides. Claudio has made more than others. But what is your expectation from the Lord? What, what are you expecting to be able to close out a chapter in your life and say, you know something, and, and this, uh, we talked about this at the men's meeting, a lot of men are stuck in their past, so they can't get to their future. So I, I told the men like this, I said, listen, say goodbye to your past once and for all. And the way you do this is, devil, this is what you did with my life when I didn't know Jesus, but now you're going to see what's going to happen when I give myself to the Lord. This is an expression of my foolishness. Now watch the wisdom of God in my life. And so your expectation could be at a huge level as you start walking in the purposes of God. Um, I, I can see, and these, these are all things that are crazy, but they are what they are. What is taking place in America is a prophetic expression of God's mercy making a transition 
towards a different future. Um, it's just going to be a totally different season. And I, I, I see that, that what is happening in the natural, I want to say, I'm not concerned about the natural. I want to see the heavens move. Transition, the word trans is, is throughout. And scission, uh, the se second part of the word transition is the position, where you stand, what stage you're in, what season. And it talks about movement into another realm. And I, I love the realm that we've sat in from when we started the church. I love the realm. Um, I, I describe it like when I got married to Yvette and, and, and we had our children and, and we had our little home and, and our children were small. And that, that was all an experience that, that was glorious. It was crazy glorious. Uh, starting out a law firm being able to afford and finance a home. All these things were great. But, but the, the season I'm in now is of greater glory. It's a greater experience. And the one that, that I foresee when I see these guys rise up and to be champions on the world globe, on the platform of Christianity, speaking the righteous deliverance of Jesus Christ and his glory. So, so all these things are a movement in the right direction. And I don't want to invest i remember early on in my career uh, a very wealthy man a businessman came up to me and says hey joaquin you know something um i want to put in all the money and we'll start a restaurant and you'll be 50 percent owner and so so this would be the first cuban restaurant in fort lauderdale it would be called Mikasa, and we did all the design. We did all the menus. We had the place. We started hiring the chefs and 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 the lord told me where where do you want to participate if you want to, I'll bless you. You'll be a prosperous businessman. You'll do great things in this world, but that's the glory of the world. I have plans for you in my kingdom. And so I, I was able to call this man and say, listen, you know something? I'm excited about making four or $5,000 more a month. I already have my law firm. I already have my practice, but to, to add increase monetarily, I said, no, no for a greater glory. No for a greater expression of the, of the vision of God in transition. So here it is, um, Psalm 62, verse 5. The way you move into this is telling your soul. My soul, make your expectation come only from God. There's a lot of things. You know, as I see Ashley's life here, and, and this describes the reality. This is no father, no mother. She wins her mother to the Lord. She brings her mom to church to know Jesus Christ. Her mom testified this weekend. You know something? Um, my daughter at 10th grade was, was volatile into going in any direction. I thank God for spring of life. Thank God that she came and she sat right here and she grew hungry and thirsty for God. And the Bible says, if you seek the kingdom of God, everything will be added. And it's being added very quickly, Ashley. Slow down. I see babies coming. Woo! See? It happens so fast. And, and if your soul gets caught up into being clamorous, and a lot of us have, have made those mistakes. We don't have the stories of having quieted our soul in times of transition. In fact, in times of transition, instead of moving with God, we moved with the fear. The fear of the future, the fear of the unknown. There was no expectation, there's despair. My soul waits silently for God alone. 
And it's only those people that are able to do this. Let me tell you something. It takes huge courage. Uh, one day we'll, we'll let you hear from Ashley how her friends wanted to move her in a different realm. Isolita. That's the, the Spanish word for all by herself. She stayed in a place making God her only voice. Her only anchor. And then it says, for my expectation is from him. What I'm going to receive is going to come because of his faithfulness. And, and I want that word to be in your spirit as we close out the year. There, there are people, well, we, we haven't said it, that these guys are the diamonds in the rough. These are the guys that you don't know, you don't see, you haven't seen their consecration, their devotion, their sacrifice. They're waiting upon God, but the Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord shall mount up on wings of an eagle. They're going to soar. They're going to fly at the heights of God's purposes. They've paid the price. They're not lingering around in distraction. They have an expectation from God, which is of great confidence and assurance. And these things that God does, he does a little bit at a time. Let's read one example of this in Deuteronomy 7, verse 22. That the work of God... And why a lot of people throw the towel is because it's little by little. Man, I want a sword and I want to take his head off in two seconds. No, it's first you need to fight the lion and the bear. Confront the wolf. Shepherd your father's little sheep before you shepherd Israel, his nation. And if you're not doing the little stuff, my friend, don't ever dream of doing the big things. If you, if you can't baby up to the little things and control just a little bit of your soul and your anguish and your flesh, you're not going to be able to strive with where giants strive. Let's read that, please. Deuteronomy 7.22. The Lord your God will drive out each one of your nations that stand before you. Say with me, little by little. Little by little. Be faithful in just a little thing and you'll see that that turns into the inheritance of great things. You will be unable to destroy them all at once. It's not like you could take on this, this master uh, feat in two seconds. Um, is Paulette here? Good. Um, Paulette comes up to me at, at Ashley's engagement party and says, Pastor, how about me? I said, you know something? You need to champion this season of your life. If, if, you're not, if you're not preparing to perfect a season of, of getting ready and making the expectation come from the Lord, you're not going to be ready when, when uh, Prince Charming shows up. Um, this is the season to, to be able to, to do things that are easy so that you could then confront and destroy. He says, you will be unable to destroy those big things at once lest the, the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. God knows how to do things. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, he says that to go from Egypt to the promised land takes 11 days, a week and a half. 11 days from slave to owning the promised land. And the Lord says, it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the shortcut. He did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near. Could have got there in two seconds. 
Uh, we, we see this stuff on TV all the time, the magician where he goes, I, I love what a dream of genie, bang, disappear, make, make those things and make the things appear. And, and that's all witchcraft. That's not how God does things. He does them little by little. He leads you through the long path. He did not lead them by the way of the Philistines. That place was nearer. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their mind when they see war and they want to return to Egypt. Let me ask you something. Do you ever realize that God has called you to fight the battles of the Lord? Amen. What do you mean? If this is about fighting, I'm going back. I'm going to make things easy. No. God takes you the long way so that you're prepared in battle. When they got to the promised land 40 years later, you know how tenacious and how aggressive they were? They said, nothing is going to stop us from going to take what is ours. Amen. Nothing is going to stop us. Calm down, Gary. Calm down. <laughs> Listen. That God makes you so like what God says is ours is ours. There's not, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to compromise. My expectation is from the Lord. I want to see the bright, the brilliance of his, his jewels, his treasure. And, and, and we have sentiments and affects saying, oh, the Lord is taking too long. Um, I told Paulette this weekend that I wanted to be in Cuba 10 years ago. If I would have been in Cuba 10 years ago, I would have nothing to say. I probably would have said something that would have taken three minutes. And then I was like, okay, that's all, folks. But, but waiting 10 years was able to garner depth of conviction of confidence, of assurance. We spoke for three weeks without stopping. We could have spoke another six months because God perfected. He grounded. He made our character far from superficial. He made it deep. And as God waits the seasons, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it prepares us in transition to bring to naught those things that are. What's that means? A lot of people says, I want to do God's will, but I don't want to let go with what I have. There has to be a death of something for there to be a resurrection. There has to be a loss of something for there to be a new expression. And in the year that King Uzziah died, this was devastating for Isaiah. He had the full confidence of King Uzziah to preach with passion. And now he says, my best friend has died. Now, how will I lose what is the deficiency? How many are expecting 2017 to be worse than 2016? If that's the case, you have despair and not hope. If you don't understand that God, and I'm not talking in the natural, I'm talking about in the supernatural. Lord, what are you going to do with us? Uh, there's nothing on the roadmap physically. There's, we might have three events. Um, last year, in January 2016, there was the hope of going to Poland. But there was no assurance because I wasn't going to call the guy. But in August, he called us and said, come. So Poland opened up. Um, I could only see that the expression of what's going to happen in 2017 as God continues to meet our expectation of him is going to be great, is going to be glorious. And here, the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah was not only able to see his friend die, but he's able to see the Lord. In the natural, things were taking place, but it opened up a dimension in the spiritual. He saw the throne of God. 
He saw God sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and his garment, his garments of his robes filled the temple. He was able to open up in verse 2 to seeing the angels that surrounded the throne of God, the seraphim stood. Each one had six wings, two covering their face, two covering their feet, two they used to fly around in. So I want to encourage you today with the word of the Lord, with the expectation God is going to show up at levels that are going to blow you away. God is going to fulfill purposes. 1 Samuel 16, 1, the Lord has to come to his prophet Samuel and say, quit crying, quit throwing a pity party, quit making your reality your present state of affairs. You're crying about something that is in the past. Get ready to fill your horn with oil and go where I'm sending you because I've provided for myself a king amongst the sons of Jesse. I got a plan that's going to turn Israel into another land. Let's stand this morning and you be Samuel this morning and fill your horn with oil. Be Isaiah and say, okay, this thing is dead. This thing has died. This thing used to be the prime, but now I'm going to see the Lord on his throne. Be the people of Israel that the Lord is taking you through the little things so that you could embrace the principles that change the world. If you're, if you're breaching and stumbling and tripping over little creeks in the road, speed bumps, you're not prepared to soar the heights of God's purpose for your life. Make your prayer, Psalm 68, verse 5, where it says that my expectation comes from the Lord. I'm, I'm expecting God to show up. I'm going to be part of his game plan in a glorious manner. 62 verse 5. I'm going to, I'm going to meet. See, a lot of people, and this is what Wellington Boone says. How many, how many know that Wellington Boone didn't meet his father until he was 35? He could have made that the issue of his entire life. He decided, I'm going to move in God's direction for my life. A lot of people love to tell their pity story as their greeting card. Well, I lost my mom when I was two. My dad shot himself when I was 10. I, I went bankrupt when I was 14. And they, they, they tell all their woes. God wants to put a new gospel in your mouth. Amen. God wants to be your introduction would be this. 62 verse 5. My soul is standing firm to hear from God alone, for from him is my expectation. This takes, this takes something. A lot of you, when, when, when Wellington was here, were, were saying, I, I want to be the source of financing my church to do the full will of God. I, I, Lord, make me that fountain where you're going to bless me. I'm going to bless the ministry so that it could take over the nations. And, and I see that happening in the lives of many men here, the hearts of many families. Father, thank you for your purposes for our life. Thank you that we see evidence of your glory and grace. 
Thank you, Lord, that once we were lost and now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. We were dead, buried, but we will rise again. That you have a glorious expectation, and that is our expectation from you. Help us to make a transition from the past to the fulfillment of your purpose. Change our hearts and our thoughts from lamenting and mourning and being saddened and discouraged to having an expectation in the Lord of the great battles that you will fight. That you take us into the land little by little, gradual steps in the right direction. Lead us to see what we celebrate in Claudio and Ashley's life. Faithfulness in obedience. Faithfulness in submission. Faithfulness in accomplishing the day-to-day task with great joy, with celebration, with great rejoicing allows us to inherit the purposes of God and that no one would steal from us, Lord, the plans that you have for us to give us a future and a hope, to give us an inheritance for a thousand generations, to see your glory in the land of the living and for all those devils that are out there that contradict For all the unbelief, the distraction, the discouragement, O God. We declare that Jesus is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what he has declared in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose on the third day, Lord. We give you thanks for your faithfulness in our lives. And we rejoice and celebrate in Jesus' name. And the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.